It was an absolutely picture-perfect Saturday, a day very much like we have today. And the rabbi was dying to go out and play golf. Only problem is, Saturday is the Jewish Sabbath, and according to Jewish law, golf is strictly forbidden on the Sabbath. But what a temptation he was having. Finally, it got to him, and he says, no, he says, I can't waste a beautiful day like this. I've got to be out in God's creation. I've got to go golfing. But he didn't want to scandalize anybody who knew he was a rabbi to let them see him golfing on the Sabbath. So he said, I'll go far away where no one knows I'm a rabbi, and I'll play there. So that's what he did. Now Moses is sitting in heaven, and he sees the rabbi golfing on the Sabbath, and he grows livid. He turns to God and says, hey God, you see the rabbi? He's golfing on the Sabbath. Do you see that? God says, yes, Moses, I see that. Because are you going to fix him? He says, yes, Moses, I'm going to fix him. He says, what are you going to do? He says, just watch. The rabbi gets up to the next hole. It's a par five, the longest hole on the course. He tees up his ball, takes out his driver, swings, and he hits the ball, and the ball takes off like it's being powered by rockets. It goes further than he's ever hit a ball before. It goes the entire length of the fairway, bounces twice on the green, and into the cup for a hole-in-one. So Moses turns to God and says, you said you were going to fix him. You gave him a hole-in-one and a par five. How do you call that fixing him? God says to Moses, so who's he going to tell? <laughs> You know how sometimes if you have news that you're told you have to keep secret, you know, this is top secret, don't tell anybody, it's like burning inside you, you feel like it's just going to burst out, oh, I can't stand it, I've got to tell somebody. Well, if you've ever felt that, I think that's what the apostles felt when the Holy Spirit finally came and filled them, when they finally understood everything that Jesus' death and resurrection meant. Once at Pentecost, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It made sense for them. Now, they couldn't hold it in. And they literally burst the doors of the upper room where they had been locked in for fear that the Jewish authorities would find them and put them to death just as they had done to Jesus. And they went out and just preached about Jesus to everyone, into the temple areas, everywhere. And even when the Sanhedrin, the leaders themselves came out, seeing what was going on, rather than shrinking from them, Peter stands up and says, Let the whole house of Israel know beyond any doubt that God has made both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified, and you better repent and believe in him, for there's no other name under heaven given to men by which they will be saved. And many people believed. Of course, the Sanhedrin did not. Most of them didn't. And they kept telling them not to preach the name of Jesus. And they basically said, Better for us to obey God than men. You are telling us not to talk about Jesus, but God says we have to go out and talk about him. So we've got to obey God rather than you. You don't want to hear about Jesus? You know what? Tough. Tough. You're going to hear it, he said to them. And even when they arrested them and warned them not to do it, and at one point they scourged them and warned them once again never to talk about the name of Jesus in public. Now this was what they were afraid of. They were locked into the upper room for fear of suffering. Now they got the suffering they were afraid of. How did they respond? Did they say, Tom, you see, I told you this is what was going to happen. Look at these wounds on our backs now. How long is it going to take them to heal? Oh, they're killing you. No. They left the Sanhedrin overjoyed to be found worthy of suffering for the name of Christ. 
They were now unstoppable. Because if they suffered for him, they said, well, Jesus suffered for us, we'll suffer for him, and he'll give us our place in heaven. And they were unstoppable. And they went out, and eventually, once St. Paul was converted and added to them, they brought the gospel to half the known world. Unstoppable, these men, because they were not afraid of suffering for the name of Jesus. What a difference, being filled with the Holy Spirit, which burned away all of their fear made in them. And that first Pentecost Sunday, which we traditionally call the birthday of the church, it's actually the church militants, the church in the world, going out preaching the gospel, the apostles did that for the rest of their lives, and they handed it on to generations after them, and the generations following, down to our own day. Now today, the baton of faith has been handed to us, and we are told to go out and preach Christ and bear witness to Him the same way the apostles did. So how are we doing? Do we find ourselves truly disciples of Jesus? Are we people going out preaching Him in word and deed, bearing witness to Christ? As many Christians do, but sadly, many others don't. And one of the reasons that the faith is not spread to all the corners of the earth and that the world is not following Christ is because we are afraid. We're often too afraid of people not liking us, people calling us names, or whatever it may be. And we need the Holy Spirit to burn that fear out of our hearts. So if you mention Christ to somebody, you tell them I'm a Catholic and that's what I believe, and they yell at us. So what? They yelled at Jesus. They, they hated the apostles. Well, we were in good company with them. So don't be afraid of it, because so many other people will probably believe because of our word. If the apostles were afraid to teach Jesus, the faith would have ended in the upper room. But because they went out fearlessly, it spread now to the ends of the earth. And you and I are called to continue that and not be afraid. That's what we need to pray for today. Ask ourselves, are we afraid to bear mention to Jesus? Sadly, too many people have convinced us that our religion is a personal thing. We've got to keep it in ourselves and here in churches. Oh, absolutely not. No, we are called by Christ to go out and preach the gospel to all the nations. As St. Paul says, whether convenient or inconvenient, whether popular or unpopular, we need to go out and do that. And you know, we all know people who need what we have here. I wonder how many people just driving past St. Dennis as we're celebrating Mass, need what we have here, need the peace of Christ, need the understanding that he brings to our lives, and yet they have no one to bring it to them, because there's no one who would say, hey, why don't you come to church? Why don't you start praying again? That is our job. That's what we need to do, to be immersed in the faith and want to share it with others. Nobody will be able to believe in Jesus and follow him if we don't bring him to them. And that is our calling, to go out and bear witness to Christ in the world. And so today is the end of our Easter journey. We've been in uh, seasonal time for 90 days, 40 days of Lent, 50 days of celebration during Easter. And tomorrow we return to ordinary time. Will tomorrow be a return to the ordinary Will we be going back to the way things were before Ash Wednesday? Or have we changed during these days? Have we been filled with the Holy Spirit? Have we come to know what Christ can do for us and bring him into the world? You know, we have the answer to all the world's problems. The answer is in the gospel of Christ. And yet sometimes people don't follow the gospel because they say it's kind of high in the sky. Well, sounds nice, but let's face it. That would work in a different world, but the world is not perfect, and people are not going to listen to that, so you really can't follow the gospel. 
But the gospel is precisely the way to get people out of the evil in the world and start, in fact, making the world work the way Jesus intended it to work. Could you imagine what the world would be like if everybody followed Jesus? Oh, what a different world we'd have. The wars wouldn't be there. The hatred, the violence, all the things that we're seeing on the news day after day would not be there if everybody followed Christ the way he calls us to do. And not following the gospel because the world is not perfect is like being lost and having a GPS, but not using it because you're lost. Well, the gospel is our GPS. It is the way to get us out of the mess of this world that we all agree. I haven't met anybody today who says, oh, the world is going wonderfully, everything's fine. We all lament the things we see in the news and the stories that are coming up, and we all want change to take place. But, as I've said before, change will not come from Albany or Washington. Change is going to come from us. Politicians, we've given them chance after chance after chance to uh, make the world better. And sometimes they do good things, but so many other times they disappoint us. We vote for one person because they promise us so much. And then that person doesn't follow, follow through. So we vote somebody else into office because they promise us so much. And then, of course, that person disappoints us. And we keep voting in new people, listening to all of their promises, hoping they're going to make changes, and they never do. But we never try God. Maybe today is the day we have to say, you know what? We are the instruments of change. If the world is going to be the place we want it to be, it's going to be by Christians bearing witness to Christ, following it out, no longer making excuses for why we don't have to listen to those particular teachings we don't like, or, or excusing ourselves from why we don't have to follow that obligation, but saying, no, we need God. Lord, I need you in my life. I need you, and the world needs you, and strengthen me. Here I am, Lord. Send me out into the world to be somebody who, like the apostles, will preach Jesus and save many souls. Of course, not only do we have to have our fear burned away, but sometimes maybe we don't have that fire within us, like that good news that we can't possibly keep held in. Maybe our faith is not really a flame within us. Maybe it's only a, a flicker. And if that's the way we feel it is, then we've got to fan the flames of our faith and get it burning to a fever pitch so that if somebody told us, don't ever talk about Jesus again, we'd say, no, it's like a fire imprisoned in my bones. And go weary hoping it is. No, I can't. I can't not talk about Jesus. I've got to burst the doors of my heart, and I've got to go out and preach it. If we can do that, we will be unstoppable, and so many people will be brought to Christ, and the world will be changed. If we allow ourselves to be the instruments of change through which Jesus works and sends his Holy Spirit to renew the face of the earth. And so today, the day of Pentecost, let today be the day that we finally say, Lord, change us. Change me. Enter into my heart. Burn away everything impure within me. Any desires I have. Anything that is not pure and holy. And use me now to be your witness to the ends of the earth. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit just the same way the apostles were. And so today, at the last day of our Easter journey, now the party is over and the work begins. Now let us pray and ask the Lord to help us to go out and preach Christ in everything we do. And never be ashamed to be Catholic, but to be proud of it. And to live out our faith boldly. And to do that, we pray the beautiful ancient prayer to the Holy Spirit, which I invite you to pray with me, pray with me right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. 
and you shall renew the face of the earth. Alleluia. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please pass the word on to your friends and invite them to listen. For more materials from Father Carosa, please visit www.fathercarosa.com.